It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, I see. It's funny when I'm dancing on my own. What up? And welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. No Jake Lisko today because... Well, he's traveling. See, he lives in Canada, and it takes a long time to get to Cincinnati. But uh, he's going to be arriving late Tuesday night for a special event Wednesday. I hope you join us at the Blind Pig on 3rd Street downtown starting at 7. Not only do we have a couple Bengals tickets to give away, and today's guest and our our contributor, Bengal Sands, is going to be there along with Joe Goodberry and a bunch of others, including myself. But we also have Uno. Jamar Chase, Mr. Four Touchdowns in Three Games, an autograph ball courtesy of Emily Parker in the Bengals Public public Relations Department that we're going to give away to you if you're there, but you got to be there to win it, so show up. But uh, yeah, that's where Jake is. But like I said, it's a film review day, so let's dive into it on a short week with Bengals, Sands, and uh, Mike, let's start with Joe Burrow. Let's start with uh, the guy that has everyone excited about what is um, what is hopefully a team on the rise, and I think there are a lot of people that uh, are certainly buying that after their two and one start. Uh, as far as Burrow, when you went back and you watched the film Sunday, what stood out the most about his game? I think the thing we talked about last week, where he just only spun left to try to avoid pressure, wasn't there. Uh, he one specific play. Well, there's the obvious one where they had a free runner. They had Riley Reef in a two-for-one, and he did the spin. He juked out another guy, and he ended up gaining like eight yards on third and ten, but then they had called a hold on Jonah for not letting his quarterback die. Um, but there was that play, and that was like the big one. But the thing that stood out to me, and this was also called back for a holding penalty, but um, Trey Hopkins was against Cam Hayward one-on-one. Hayward beats him. Hopkins kind of holds him just so he doesn't hit Burrow. Burrow just slightly slides a little bit left, steps up in the pocket. Uh, it kind of looks like I thought he was going to run at first, and then he resets his feet and fires a ball to Auden Tate, which would have been about a 15-yard gain, uh, wiped away by penalty. But this is something that I saw and went, okay, this he feels he looks like he feels more comfortable in the pocket because that was something last year. Once in a while, you'd have you'd try to do too much, have a lap, something like that. But one of the things coming out was this guy is like a veteran in his pocket presence and movement. So that really stood out to me. And this, after the first two passes, which were pretty errant throws, the one went long to Tyler Boyd on the corner route, and the other one was intercepted because it was a little too high. I mean, he was dropping dimes. <laughs> he The throw to Chase was perfect, just right where only he could get it, like perfectly in stride. And then there was a ball Tyler Boyd dropped uh, a post in between the two safeties with a linebacker underneath. And he just put it in the perfect spot for him. I mean, really not a super easy catch because you're surrounded by so many guys, but I mean, 
takes guts to take that throw first of all and then to make yeah. it was just awesome and, and he gave boyd a shot i know the exact play you're talking about and boy was so frustrated afterwards <laughs> he, he punched the turf in the ground and i feel sorry for his hand and the turf uh, when he does that because that's something boyd does when he's frustrated by the way i don't think because I was so excited about our event on Wednesday. I don't think I introduced myself. Anyways, I'm James Rapine. So if you're new to the Bengals, Locked on Bengals podcast, he's uh, Mike Santagata, Bengals Sands, and Jake Lisko, our other co-host, is uh, not here today. He'll be back with us on tomorrow's show. But, yeah, I, I thought Burrow was impressive, and it, it's crazy. He talked on Tuesday with the Thursday game. Everything's bumped up. So he talked on Tuesday, which is normally an off day for the Bengals, and he was like, look, when you have to throw it 60 to 65 times, and he had 61 pass attempts last year, week two, against the Browns, he was like, you're probably not winning that game. He was like, when you're only throwing 18 times, that means you're probably winning the game. And th that's the other thing to me is, yeah, he can air it out, but he's comfortable doing exactly what he did against the Steelers, which is kind of controlling the game, taking a shots when needed. And that, to me, is, is sort of a rare trait in a quarterback, especially a young quarterback. It's uh, something that'll, I mean, I hesitate to make the comparison, but I just mean in the style of being okay with running the ball and only throwing just a few passes to win. I mean, it's kind of, you know, the Tom Brady thing that he got there the game manager label for. He got the game manager label for that, but it's just controlling yeah. the game, making perfect passes and winning. I mean, that's, it's what it took to win the game and no need to throw 30 times and risk yourself up to hits and, you know, keep the arm fresh. You got to play in four days. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. And uh, the defense on the other hand, they weren't fresh and they had to play a ton of snaps and we'll get into that coming up. But I, while we're still on the topic of Burrow, his top target, and I don't think people, especially after the preseason thought Jamar Chase was going to be his top target. Clearly he has been uh, from a production standpoint, Chase with 11 receptions for 220 yards, four touchdowns, averaging 20 yards per reception. What has impressed you most uh, about the rookie, specifically uh, last week or on Sunday, rather, uh, against the Steelers? If you don't press him and jam him at the line, he is, I don't know about elite, but so good already. I mean, that's that's where he's scoring <laughs> All these touchdowns, the three touchdowns came on the 989 concept doubles where it's two go routes on the outside and a post in the middle. I mean, it's digits for 989. That's what those routes are. But um, on that go route, if he doesn't get jammed or pressed at the line, he just gets into their blind spot, stacks them. And I mean, he's just, it's just unstoppable. It seems he's beaten Breland on it. Um, whoever that Chicago corner, Vildor or something, got him. And mm -hmm. that was really cool that he, was going and got him so convinced that the ball was going to be downfield that him and Jackson end up crashing into each other as he just stops on like one foot and just comes inside to catch it. And then this week he had a uh, James Pierre or something. I don't know. Sounds right. <laughs> yeah, sounds, sounds right. right. Uh, their fourth corner or whoever it was, he was on him. Didn't press him. He's playing off coverage because it's the end of the end of the half and he's saying okay you're not going to beat me deep <laughs> so okay i will <laughs> just gets into his blind spot gets around him and just perfectly tracks the ball and makes the catch that's what's really impressed me the most was his deep ball which expected his deep ball ability is what impressed me the most which is also what impressed me the most in college sure no doubt and the thing that's crazy about that play 
specifically that one, <clears throat> and I need to go back and watch the other deep balls because that was a 34-yarder. Obviously, he had the 42-yarder and the 50-yarder against Minnesota. But when Burrow releases that ball, Pierre, the, the cornerback, has like he's not even beat past the cornerback at all. I mean, he's probably a yard the other way of the quarterback and or cornerback, excuse me. So he, the acceleration he has, and you're right, the, the, his ability to track the ball. And then I think it was Matt Waldman. I don't know. Jake, Jake I think it was Waldman showed me it, in a, it was like a, a detailed breakdown of that play. And Chase caught it with his palms. And if you're watching on YouTube, like he catches it like that just because he's so stretched out. He doesn't get his fingers on it and he pins it. And so one, yeah, that isn't the best technique in the world. But two, can you imagine trying to catch an NFL football with your palms like that while you're running and not throwing it into the stands? I mean, that it, it's crazy that he held onto that ball. Well, how sticky are the gloves? <laughs> it does help. It does. But come on, man. I mean, he no, was it's really impressive. It was insane for for somebody who couldn't catch the ball with any part of his hands in the preseason. That's really impressive that now he can't drop the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it, it I was. Thought, uh, I, yeah, I thought that ball was coming out when I saw it live. I was like, oh man, almost got him. And it's like, oh, he held on. I don't know how he did that. So. Yeah, and, and when you see the slow mo and the zoomed in part of it, it, it makes it that much more impressive. All right, we're just getting started here on Locked On Bengals. He's Bengals Sands, and every week we go in the trenches with the former offensive lineman and hey it's true you, you played <laughs> you played so we're gonna we're gonna uh, label it that way because you have your offensive line report card we will get to that next right here on locked on Bengals but first a word from betonline.ag because look the Bengals are favored on Thursday night football and maybe you like them or maybe you think Jacksonville is going to keep it close either way if you're wagering on the game or well, let's be honest. It's probably best if you do. You're going to be watching the game anyway. Might as well make some money while you do it. Check out Bet Online because they're the number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Plus, maybe you think Jamar Chase is going to make an offensive rookie of the year push. They got you covered at betonline.ag. And right now, you can sign up today and get some free money with promo code NFL100. You're going to get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. They're doubling your first deposit for free with promo code NFL100. Take advantage of this opportunity right now. Don't delay. Go to betonline.ag and get on the action. Get in on the action this Thursday night. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And today's episode also brought to you by Get Upside. Look, you've heard us talk about Get Upside for a few weeks now, and, and it's because it's convenient, it's easy, and it's going to save you money at the pump. We're all about saving you money here on Locked on Bengals, whether it's a, a simple promo code or it's an app that you can download for free in the App Store if you have an iPhone or Google Play for Android. All you got to do is download the Get Upside app, use promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you're going to get 50 cents cash back on your first fill up. It's, it's that simple. You're not spending money to get this discount on gas. You're filling up anyways, so you might as well add it to your smartphone and save money very easily. Again, get upside, download it in the App Store or uh, on Google Play if you have Android and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to save money. All right, Mike, let's dive into the offensive line, the play in the trenches. And we highlighted Jackson Carmen a bit in the All-22 wasn't out. Jake 
uh, looked at the TV copy, but he had a bunch of notes and, and we talked about him. So let's start there. When you watched Jackson Carmen in his first NFL start, what did you think of his performance? Sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> You're it good. was it was uh, up and down, but it's it's a rookie, so there's a grain of salt that comes with it, and it's it's not like he struggled a ton with everything. The main thing I thought he struggled with is he really struggles sustaining his blocks uh, in the run game specifically. Just and it looked like it came from his bat, some bad hand placement. He'd have a hand on the outside of somebody's shoulder pad, and that's not doing anything for you. And sometimes uh, that also hurts you because the defender can put his hands into your chest and now you are the one that's being controlled and not the other way around. So that's something he has to clear up. But I mean, that's something a lot of rookies have to clear up. I mean, I remember when I went through all the uh, rookie prospects and I was like, this guy needs to work on his hand placement. Uh, Sewell was a guy. He needed to work on his hand placement because it's just it's something you're not as precise. The more reps you get, the more precise you'll get at that. Um, so there was that he whiffed completely on a, a counter play and fell down, kind of ruined the whole play on his own, but <laughs> it happens. Uh, it's happened to me. Um, but in pass protection specifically, I don't even think he was challenged that often. Sorry. I think I cut you off. I just want to say, uh, I don't think he's, he wasn't challenged that often. He only had one lapse. Uh, and that was a mental thing where it looked mm. like the offensive line was, uh, sliding to the left. The center was moving, uh, center move right actually and he looked like he was trying to make it a four-man slide to the left and leaving reef all alone but there were two guys over reef you can't that's that's just you can't do that to him <laughs> he can't take both and that's sure. the play that burrow made all the guys miss and then holding call but yeah i thought if, if i'm gonna give like a grade on it it's probably like a c minus d plus where it's it's there's promise there but it's not he didn't look like Oh my goodness. Like we had, if he was 30 years old, along with Xavier Suofilo, I think we'd be like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some more stuff to like here, but it's not like a clear upgrade. It's, it's kind of similar, but when you have him mm -hmm. being like 21 or 22, it's like, but he can improve this year and he can keep getting better. Gotcha. So you would stick with Carmen and, and see what he could do. Even when Xavier gets healthy, that makes sense. I I've agree with you there. Um, so how much can he improve? And it is, is it as simple as reps? Because the Bengals played on Sunday. They're not going to get many practice reps, really any practice reps in this week. It'll be a lot of walkthrough stuff. And then Thursday, he's going to be expected to go out there and, and continue uh, to develop and continue to play at, uh, you know, at least a competent level. Yeah, it's mostly reps to me and experience. Uh, he had the issue with the pass protection, just a, a different call. And that just comes with experience, gelling, communication. And then the main thing that happened that was an actual problem is just sustaining blocks. And that just comes with reps. So I don't know if it'll be a ton better against Jacksonville. Uh, it'll probably mm -hmm. be more of the same since it's such a short week. But I don't think – can you name a Jacksonville defensive tackle? Because even the ones that were there last year seem to be gone, like Avery Jones. And I can't think yeah. of any. Defensive ends, I can. Uh, I, you know, you, you can do Josh Allen, you know, uh, Caleb on chase on a defensive tackle without looking at our lads. No, you know, or, or one of those services, I, I can't. So, you know, that's a good point. And, you know, hopefully that bodes well for him so he can get those reps. So when he does have to deal with those defensive tackles that uh, we will know 
regularly and do have that name recognition that he's ready for it. All right, let's continue uh, with the offensive line grades for week three. Let's just go. Let's go to the other guard. Let's stay on the interior. What do you think of Quentin Spain's performance? Uh, it was not as good as the past two weeks, um, oh. but he wasn't a disaster. He wasn't, he wasn't an F. It was similar to Carmen, the C minus range where they were like, okay. they're passable. They're, they're fine, but they're not, there's, there's room for improvement. And well, this comes with the grain of salt that he played the most snaps, I think against Cam Hayward. So that's clearly the best member on that defensive front. For sure. Yeah. So he he's grading at like a C minus D plus, but it was against really tough competition. So I kind of understood it. It was mostly things that stood out to me where he got beat bad once and Hayward did not do the Akeem Hicks and level burrow, but he did still kind of get there and put a hand on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the main one that's sticking out to me that's really bad. And then on the other end, he had a good rep with Trey Hopkins, who I think is around the same range, C minus, uh, D plus. I don't know. He, Him or Carmen was was Trey or Carmen were probably one of the worst linemen that was there, but none of them were terrible. Um, I'm just kind of moving over to Trey now. Uh, he, no, that's fine. No, go yeah, ahead. I was yeah. going to ask you about Trey next. So go ahead. Awesome. So what would you think yeah. of Hopkins? Well, uh, it just feels like they're – he doesn't fully have his legs under him yet where he doesn't seem like he's playing with as much confidence as he did last year. And I think part of that is he's not fully trusting his leg yet. And we saw that with Burrow just last week where it -hmm. seemed like he wasn't fully trusting his leg yet. So I think that's going to come over time, but yeah, I don't know. He had the holding penalties. He got beat a few times by Cam Hayward. Um, wasn't a disaster. Like none of them were disasters. That's the main positive is that nobody was terrible. Uh, yeah. Which we can't say that about most games, I think last year. Uh, so he's somebody that'll get better over time, but again, he's another like C minus D plus. So I guess all three interior were around that range to me. Gotcha. All right. So let, let's go to both tackles now. And uh, you start with either, you could start with Riley and then jump to Jonah. Riley was probably the worst of the two tackles, but it was more of a, he did fine. And I thought Jonah did well. Jonah would probably be the only solid B I'd give out for this week. And Riley was more around, around a C, but like a solid C, like there's nothing that was too bad from him on film, but it, he didn't have any plays. Like Jonah had a few plays that were like, Whoa, (laughs) like, look what he just did. Uh, So Riley was more like, it's solid play. It's fine. Uh, he got beat where he expected to get beat on a two-on-one, things like that. But he won where you'd expect him to win, getting in good placement on wide zone and uh, not letting whoever was rushing over him beat him. And sometimes that was Melvin Ingram, who, who I think still has some juice. He, he, he can really use his speed to power into guys. On the other end, Jonah, I said he's a B. Uh, he had one rep on wide zone that was awesome where – He's on the cutoff. He's on the backside, and he creates the hole for Mixon. He's facing – I guess I could show the audience on YouTube, but he's kind of like facing this way, blocking down, and the guy tries to kind of go around his back, and he turns his body while moving, not, not falling over, coordinated guy, and able to push him back to create just a tiny hole off his backside. It was really cool wow. to see. And uh, he also held up against Cam Hayward and their only one-on-one opportunity that I saw for about six seconds. <laughs> so wow. 
yeah that was the play that was the play to chase at the end towards the end of the game but yeah uh one-on-one opportunity they brought five and i mean all five linemen did great on that play and specifically he was one-on-one with cam hayward and he actually sustained the bull rush which i guess was a little bit of a question of can he take on powerful guys and well he's taking on a 300 20 pound defensive tackle trying to maul him over so i'd say he did a good job yeah absolutely i I wouldn't ask you one more protection question we'll do that next along with a look at the defense as our film review continues here on locked on Bengals. but let's tell you about built bar the number one protein bar on the planet and if you haven't heard me talk about built bars yet well uh get ready because it's something and our our listeners that have heard me know how much uh, i love built bars i swear by them had them long before they were a sponsor of the show but we're certainly uh excited that they are sponsoring locked on Bengals. look no matter what diet you're on you could use uh, a snack a midday snack that's packed with protein low in sugar low in calories well, that's Built Bar. And the best part, they taste great. They're covered in 100% chocolate. So they fit your macros. They have a bunch of different flavors, nine different flavors, including cookie dough. Right now, cookie dough. Yeah, yeah. I got one, uh, a box of those. Uh, it's a limited edition flavor. So take advantage of that right now. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com. It's that simple. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your first order. So go there now. Check out everything they have to offer and save a little bit of money when you make that first order with promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Sands, one uh, last protection question for you, because, you know, a lot was made of the Bengals breaking the Steelers streak of 75 straight games uh, with a sack. And that's huge. Right. And I do think Burrow stayed clean. You gave an example that chase touchdown. I mean, that's awesome that he was able to make it to his fifth read. That being said, you gave out a bunch of C minuses, D's and your highest grade in your offensive line report card was a B. So how were the Bengals from an overall protection standpoint? Because clearly the offensive line wasn't great. That's fair to say. So why were they able to keep Burrow clean? Was it him? Was it, you know, the the right protection reads with the running backs? What was it? Some of it is that it didn't feel like Pittsburgh tried a lot of the uh, Minnesota, Chicago, look one way, blitz the other, blitz from depth, do all that kind of stuff. They like to bring four or five. And when they brought five, there'd be a stunt, but it wouldn't be it's secretly this safety or this slot corner that's coming. Um, so I think that was the main issue in the first two weeks with protection. Cause if you look back, it's, there was a free runner that mix and miss that came from depth. There's a guy off of the right side after a protection change, things like that more so than, I mean, other than the Trey Hopkins two plays against Michael Pierce, uh, not too many one-on-one, just this guy got beat bad. Um, uh, type things so they held up long enough and i think burrow's the type of quarterback that if your offensive line does 
where I have them around uh, C minus type. I, I won't say D, <laughs> but uh, around a C minus, he makes them look like C plus B minus. You know, he moves them up about a full letter grade. So gotcha. I actually think Mixon's kind of the same way as a running back, where he makes you write more often than he will mess up and make you look bad. That makes sense. You know, the two Joes carrying things. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk about Luana Rumo's defense that's gotten off to such a great start, and they got after Ben early and often. Uh, how impressed are you with this defensive line and what they did, uh, not only against Pittsburgh, but but throughout the year when you went when you go back and you watch the film? I get so excited to watch the defensive line. I think that's the biggest compliment is that I'm like, oh boy, let's see what DJ Reader did on this play or Larry Ogunjobi, what do you do here? And I just look uh, basically on every pass. I'm like, did anybody get close? <laughs> you know, let me look for that uh, when I look at the end zone angle. Um, so that's really cool. I think the pressures are well-designed uh, and that's something I wouldn't say last year. So I don't know yeah. if that is new edition Marion Hobby or if that is Lou Anarumo had more time or maybe a combination, he's got better players for it. But I think of one's play specifically uh, for the pressure designs, we came out in, or the Bengals came out in a three, three down linemen and then three off ball linebackers behind them. But one of the off ball linebackers was Sam Hubbard. <laughs> he was in the middle. So they bring all six guys, but uh, they slant the nose uh, to the right and the defense is right. doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, and they slant uh, one of the ends, the left end, the same way to the right. And he loops around them and gets a free hit. And that's actually the play Logan Wilson got his interception was a uh, pressure design that Sam Hubbard came clean on. And I was looking for that so much last year because I think Sam Hubbard's a great looper type. Uh, he's a guy that he changes direction well. He's pretty athletic for a defensive end, outside linebacker type. And uh, – I think he does a great job of getting to the quarterback and hitting him. So I like bringing him on that and then using it in such a creative way, like a three-man game. I don't think I saw that at all last year. This year I've seen it. That wasn't the first time I've seen it, but that was one of the best ones I've seen. Cool, different type things. You mentioned Logan Wilson and uh, probably the biggest surprise, maybe the biggest surprise on this defense. I mean, the fact that he's leading the NFL in interceptions after three weeks, certainly a surprise. What is the most impressive thing on film? Because we see the interceptions, but you're looking at this more in depth. Most impressive thing about him through the first three weeks of the season. He does a great job of reading the quarterback and reading his eyes when he gets into like a zone drop or even in these pressure situations. He likes to do something that I also like. It's hitting the offensive lineman. If you get picked up and you're not going to make it, you know how Carlos Dunlap used to just kind of wait there and get his hands up. Logan Wilson mm -hmm. kind of... Uh, disengages backs up reads the quarterback eyes and tries to get into a window and that's how he's gotten two of his interceptions the other one was just a, an amazing catch off of yeah it was hit. that was really impressive it might be the best catch a Bengal has made this year but uh well i guess the palm catch is also we'll have to see him back to back and see which one was more impressive the <laughs> diving backwards one hand or the palm catch um so that's what's really impressed me is his ability to instinctually know the quarterback i'm not going to get there let me get, read his eyes get into the window and get my hands on this ball last thing and as we record this it's tuesday evening uh, the bengals haven't even practiced yet on tuesday uh, but if cheeto can't play chidobe wujie how big of a loss is that going to be even if trey waynes does come back how big of a loss 
is that for this defense? He's clearly been the best corner in coverage. Uh, no doubt. I thought he did a fantastic job on Allen Robinson last week. And this week, I thought he did pretty well, though he had that pass interference in like, what, third and 16 or something. That was a little rough. Yeah. But <laughs> um, that was like his first mistake that I noticed was like, oh, that's bad. Uh, yeah. Even things were like, Allen Robinson's dropped go ball was like Cheeto's right there. He, he made it hard on him. It's not yeah. like he had that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. He's had, not like he had three yards on him. He forced the perfect throw from a rookie quarterback who made it, but then you have to make the catch too, and it's not an easy catch. You have to keep running, fall down while you're catching it. That's not easy. Uh, I think it's a huge loss if Trey Wayne's can't go, but I think Trey Wayne's is going to go. So I think it's more. It's like a minor loss. I did think coming in, and it's been – I haven't seen Trey Wayne's play for the Bengals yet. I thought Shadobe Awuzie was actually the better cornerback looking at mm -hmm. him in Dallas versus Trey Wayne's in Minnesota. Um, I think they're different, completely different. Trey Wayne's likes to be physical, and uh, Cheeto, he doesn't get as physical. He's more, I'm going to stay in this guy's hip. I'm going to be yeah. on him all the way down the field. Trey Wayne's is, I'm going to jam – the heck out of you and uh, knock you <laughs> off of your path. And I'm going to go get involved in the run game too. He's kind of a Mike Hilton type, but faster. Uh, so it's a little bit of a loss. I don't, the Jacks have pretty good receivers. Uh, specifically Chark and Jones, I think are good, especially down the field too. So I would love to have two like solid cornerbacks out there. Eli Apple played pretty good last week though. Um, he didn't have any plays where he was beaten by four yards or anything like that, or pushing a guy out of bounds when the ball's out of bounds. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing like that. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, that, that's the thing is he's going to probably be relied upon this week and we'll see. Um, as of now, we don't really know about uh, a and I agree with you. I think Wayne's more likely than not, but, We'll see. Um, and, you know, who knows with Bates as, as well with his neck issue. But, uh, you know, I think he'll be able to play, but we'll see. Make sure you uh, follow Mike at Sands on Twitter. Check out his work at allbengals.com. And uh, that's going to do it for today's episode for Mike Santagata, for Jake Lisko, who will be here tomorrow in what is our pregame show for Thursday. By the way, again, join us. The Blind Pig Wednesday night starting at 7 will be there. So if you're flying into town and you get into CVG at like 8.30 or 9, we'll tweet one of us, but odds are we're still going to be there. So check it out. Mike will be there. I'll be there. Jake will be there. Joe Goodberry will be there. And a bunch of others that I'm not going to say because I don't want them to feel obligated to come even though they've already committed. So until then, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.